to robert ross first of april eighteen ninety seven version one from the selected prose of oscar wilde this librivox recording is in the public domain wilde gives directions about de profundis h m prison reading april first eighteen ninety seven my dear robbie i send you a manuscript separate from this which i hope will arrive safely as soon as you have read it i want you to have it carefully copied for me there are many causes why i wish this to be done one will suffice i want you to be my literary executor in case of my death and to have complete control of my plays books and papers as soon as i find i have a legal right to make a will i will do so my wife does not understand my art nor could be expected to have any interest in it and cyril is only a child so i turn naturally to you as indeed i do for everything and would like you to have all my works the deficit that their sale will produce may be lodged to the credit of cyril and vivian well if you are my literary executor you must be in possession of the only document that gives any explanation of my extraordinary behaviour when you have read the letter you will see the psychological explanation of a course of conduct that from the outside seems a combination of absolute idiocy with vulgar bravado some day the truth will have to be known not necessarily in my lifetime but i am not prepared to sit in the grotesque pillory they put me into for all time for the simple reason that i inherited from my father and mother a name of high distinction in literature and art and i cannot for eternity allow that name to be degraded i don't defend my conduct i explain it also there are in my letter certain passages which deal with my mental development in prison and the inevitable evolution of my character and intellectual attitude towards life that has taken place and i want you and others who still stand by me and have affection for me to know exactly in what mood and manner i hope to face the world of course from one point of view i know that on the day of my release i shall be merely passing from one prison into another and there are times when the whole world seems to me no larger than my cell and as full of terror for me still i believe that at the beginning god made a world for each separate man and in that world which is within us we should seek to live at any rate you will read those parts of my letter with less pain than the others of course i need not remind you how fluid a thing thought is with me with us all and of what an evanescent substance are our emotions made still i do see a sort of possible goal towards which through art i may progress it is not unlikely that you may help me as regards the mode of copying of course it is too long for any amanuensis to attempt and your own handwriting dear robbie in your last letter seems specially designed to remind me that the task is not to be yours i think that the only thing to do is to be thoroughly modern and to have it typewritten 
Of course, the manuscript should not pass out of your control, but could you not get Mrs. Marshall to send down one of her typewriting girls? Women are the most reliable, as they have no memory for the important. To Horton Street or Fillmore Gardens, to do it under your supervision. I assure you that the typewriting machine, when played with expression, is not more annoying than the piano when played by a sister or near relation. Indeed, many among those most devoted to domesticity prefer it. I wish the copy to be done not on tissue paper, but on good paper such as is used for plays, and a wide, rubricated margin should be left for corrections. If the copy is done at Haunton Street, the lady typewriter might be fed through a lattice in the door, like the cardinals when they elect a pope, till she comes out on the balcony and can say to the world, Habet mundus epistolam, for indeed it is an encyclical letter, and as the bulls of the Holy Father are named from their opening words, it may be spoken of as the Epistola in carcade et vinculis. In point of fact, Robbie, prison life makes one see people and things as they really are. That is why it turns one to stone. It is the people outside who are deceived by the illusions of a life in constant motion. They revolve with life and contribute to its unreality. We who are immobile both see and know. Whether or not the letter does good to narrow natures and hectic brains, to me it has done good. I have cleansed my bosom of much perilous stuff, to borrow a phrase from the poet whom you and I once thought of rescuing from the Philistines. I need not remind you that mere expression is to an artist the supreme and only mode of life. It is by utterance that we live. Of the many, many things for which I have to thank the governor, there is none for which I am more grateful than for his permission to write fully and at as great a length as I desire. For nearly two years I had within a growing burden of bitterness, of much of which I have now got rid. On the other side of the prison wall there are some poor, black, soot-besmirched trees that are just breaking out into buds of an almost shrill green. I know quite well what they are going through. They are finding expression. Ever yours, Oscar. Letter from Reading Prison to Robert Ross End of section